Welcome back to the Impactful Relationships Podcast. I'm so glad you're back here with us today. I hope you've taken some time to slow down to find the things that you're grateful for that give you meaning and purpose and fulfillment in in your life, whatever that is. If you haven't done that yet today, take some time to slow down and turn to those things that bring you back to your purpose, that fill you up, that help you be intentional about the way that you're living your life, as opposed to life dictating how things go for you. I teach a course on family counseling and couples counseling at a local university. And I had one of the students in my class ask a, an interesting question recently. And that was, do you have couples come into therapy where they're on different pages or one of the partners doesn't actually want to change or there's some ulterior motives for being in counseling? The answer to that is yes on every level of that question. Sometimes couples can come in where they're at very different stages of change. Someone's like pre-contemplative about change. They actually don't want to change. They are just there to check a box or to make someone else feel better, to do what they think they're supposed to do or they should do, but they're not actually ready, willing, or wanting to change. Other times there's this ambivalence that comes into play of, well, I do want a different relationship. I don't want a different life. And I don't know if I'm willing to go through this pain. I don't know if I'm willing to change this. I don't know if I'm actually willing to put all the options on the table to experience the relationship of my dreams, to make that a possibility. Or I'm not quite prepared to start taking action or to put in the work to do things that would change myself, that would change a relationship or things around me. Now, it's also possible that one of the partners is very ready to change and another one's not. That can be a frustrating experience when someone comes in and sits down in counseling or therapy and they feel more motivated and this frustration comes out and then there's defensiveness and contempt and stonewalling. And it's common for couples to experience or express in those instances like this is not working or this isn't helpful. This is making things worse. Shouldn't we just like go and do our own work and we kind of go back into this parallel life and ignore the, the problems or the experiences or we'll do our own work and then kind of do our work outside of therapy. That works for some people. There's not a right or a wrong way to go about the counseling process. And sometimes couples can just recreate the patterns that aren't working in their relationship in therapy or outside of therapy that keep them stuck. And so... Assuming there's not any safety concerns, meaning there's not any physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, there's not any like baseline concerns like housing and food and shelter and clothing, these basic needs of life are met and and they're in a relationship. One of the things when couples are coming in and they're, they're wanting to do the work, it's common for me to hear things like divorce is not an option we would never do that. Or we're committed to this, we we would never break up as a couple. And I can appreciate the space that's coming from for a couple to think about this means so much to me, or I've made a commitment to this other person, or if they have a spiritual or religious entity, like maybe to God or to a higher power that's part of this, here's this commitment that no matter what, I'm in this relationship. And no matter 
what happens in the relationship, I'm committed and I'm going to work through this. Now, that commitment isn't always a negative thing. It can be a very positive thing to be committed to work through challenges and difficulty and grief and pain and, and hardships and things that occur in life or sometimes decisions that you might make or a partner might make that just makes things shitty. It makes things hard. On the other side of this though, what it does is it can create a situation that inhibits the ability to change. Because if I'm saying that divorce or breaking up is not an option, then I may skirt around things, dance around things, not actually address or confront or be authentic or true to myself in the ways that will actually create intimacy in a relationship. Sometimes this can create enabling and an abusive type relationship, or if there is an addictive type behavior, and I use the word addictive somewhat lightly, um, more like that there's a maladaptive coping mechanism that's getting in the way of someone's functioning in their life. And when that happens, it can inhibit the couple's ability to be authentic, to be vulnerable with each other and to grow closer to each other. And so you can fall into the pattern and routine of, I do this because you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. This is present because we're together. So I'm not going to bring up that I'm really upset about the way money's handled in our family relationship and the trauma connected to money and what I've learned about how that affects love and life and relationships. I'm not going to talk about sex. I'm not going to talk about how I don't feel safe to actually connect or be vulnerable with someone or how I feel this is happening in a duty or I'm frustrated at the way things are happening or that there's a high and low desire partner and, and now there's this resentment building up and we don't, don't feel good enough. You know, whatever's happening, these dynamics or family relationships of having boundaries and understanding of how we connect with people and what's an authentic and appropriate connection in our relationship with, with friends and family and other people and work and what's not. And people can end up in this parallel life or relationship. That's what John Gottman refers to this as. John Gottman. I don't know what I just said there, but that's what he would refer to this as, that people can divorce by getting divorced or break up by breaking up, or they fall into this pattern of this parallel relationship that they're together there's this commitment for whatever reason, financially, the kids, you know, higher power entity. And they get caught up in this cycle that kind of creates stuckness, if that's even a word. It creates lack of satisfaction, a lack of growth, and it's almost this business relationship that entails. And some people get really good at that and really comfortable, even though they're so dissatisfied that their needs aren't met. And eventually needs get met by something else or symptoms and problems begin to develop in people's lives. So when all options are put on the table, when, for example, divorce becomes an option, and I can get a couple to a place where they can actually openly talk about this and say, you know, divorce isn't an option for you. Like, you're that committed. That worries me. So you're saying that if this relationship turned abusive, or if there was 14 affairs in 14 days, you would stay in this relationship no matter what. That is unhealthy. That's creating the dynamics for, at minimum, an abusive emotionally relationship, an emotionally abusive relationship. Um, and so when you put those options on the table and you can say, I am going to see you, 
I'm going to understand you. I'm going to hold a space for you. I'm going to allow you to do the same for me. And we're going to figure this out together. And we're going to figure out what healthy and queer boundaries are and what our roles are in our relationship and what the rules are that we have for our relationship and for each other, that we can choose each other. We can also not choose each other. Both of those are options and viable options that when couples can do that, they can hold that space and stay connected without being dependent upon the other person's emotions, on their validation, on their behaviors, and still having boundaries, also without cutting off or withdrawing or shutting off or distancing themselves, but they can stay connected and hold that space, that creates intimacy. It creates depth and connection and authenticity in relationships to a level and degree that most couples don't actually experience. Now, there's a lot of theoretical things that we have talked about in this podcast. If this is resonating with you, I want to give you a couple of tips of things that you can do. Number one, I want you to go and write down what you value, what matters most to you in life, not what you think other people value or what you should do or what you have been doing because of the structure or entities or family pressure, or social pressure, whatever's in place. Like what matters to you? Take away all that pressure, all those other things off the table. What matters to you and what do you value? Make a list of those things. And then think about what am I willing to sacrifice for my values? What am I willing to give up? What am I not willing to get? What are my boundaries? If these boundaries are crossed, what does that mean? What am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? And it's important that willingness word that you're willing and able to fall through on something. Because if you have a boundary and you're not going to fall through on it, it's no boundary at all. It just becomes like a threat and an empty threat and almost a form of manipulation, which isn't going to be healthy in a relationship. And so take some time to do that. If you find yourself getting stuck, reach out, send me an email at help at impactfulcounseling.com. We'd love to connect with you, uh, whether that's just through answering a brief question, sharing some resources, having initial consultation, or connecting you with support that is going to be right in the best fit for you or in the right location of where, where you're at. Now, as always, this podcast is not therapy. This is not counseling. And this is not advice specific to you and your circumstance or situation, because I have no idea what your circumstance or situation is. This is simply information and information I hope that you find impactful. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I look forward to having you back on future episodes. Mm-hmm.